What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Two Bucks Sports Podcast, coming to you live tonight. Uh, Buckets here, checking in from Merle's Inlet, South Carolina. But those of you on our YouTube channel, you see our handy dandy field reporter, Uncle Buck, is on the road again. What's happening, Uncle Buck? Hey, Buckets. Um, I'm coming to you from beautiful Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Um, no really fun reason to say that I'm up here other than just work training, uh, living out of a hotel room again. Um, and if I'll have to apologize to all of our listeners, if, if you wonder why I'm sounding so gravelly, uh, it's not because I started smoking. Uh, it's, I've come down with something. So if I stop mid sentence, mute the microphone and Rusty takes over is cause it's coming up. So, uh, just bear with me a little bit. Uh, and, uh, we'll get through this episode of the podcast. Absolutely. We'll get it figured out, Uncle Bud. Listen, you just just tell people you're in Power Ranger training. That's what you're doing. Power yeah, Ranger. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've I've been shipped off to the uh, um the uh, Marvel campus. The the uh you know, what do they call it? I don't no, know what you're, they call it. Uh, Power you're, at Ranger. The, you're at the X-Men school, uh Professor X's school yeah. of mutants. Right. Yeah, it's kinda like the Marvel compound, you know, in upstate New York, you know, except it's for the Power Rangers. Um, you know that guy that's got, you know the guy that's got the little uh, UFO for a head. That's where he's at. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Well, I did first, see that they were coming out with a new uh, new uh, Power Rangers series on Netflix. Really? Yeah. I mean, I'm not that I'm interested or anything, mm-hmm. but yeah. Uh, the only thing I, you know, I'm scrolling through social media, and a lot of the times when I see stuff, I will just watch it. And not turn, not click on it, so the sound comes through. You know, if I'm in a meeting or something, or Power Ranger training, and I'm on my phone, uh, I'll just watch it with no sound on. And the only thing I could take away from it was, dang, that Power Ranger looks like he's in his mid forties. Like, <laughs> <laughs> do they not call the herd at a certain age anymore? But I digress. Apparently, there's not a cutoff age. You can be a Power Ranger as long as those knees hold up. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're not starting off the show with a pod, with a. Uh, with a draft today. Uh, if y'all haven't wished my co-host Bucket a happy birthday yet, uh, you get need to go on and do it now. He turned 36, right? Yep, 36. 36 on Saturday, March the 28th. and uh, 18th. March the 18th. What did I say? 28th? 28th. It's the medicine. Yeah, that didn't happen yet. Uh, <laughs> yeah, March the 18th. And... Uh, so while I was hoping that he would have his present from me and before last week's podcast, I've made him wait until this week's podcast, open it up right here on YouTube live uh, or on our YouTube stream. And if you're listening to it on the podcast on Thursday, just hop in and watch this real quick. Uh, I'm really excited about it. So Rusty, uh, give me your thoughts as you're opening it up. All right. So <clears throat> box come all the way from, Northeast Mississippi up here to me in South Carolina. They got it taped up pretty good. Taped and glued, I guess. Put that out of the mic so it don't deafen all of our listeners. Dun da da da. <laughs> Turn it around. Do you know what that is? That logo. I do not. I like the camo print. Look, look at the bottom of the sh- of the. Yeah, that, that, tell the listeners. 
Let's go. It's a Steven Adams hoodie. Dude, that's it's, awesome. It's a Steven Adams, his branded merch. <laughs> so I ordered this like a month and a half ago. And I guess I should have thought it through. But it came from New Zealand. <laughs> so, oh yeah. And so I uh, I knew that it had the New Zealand currency on it when I checked out. And they just, I guess, Apple Pay just converted it for me. Mm. And uh, so, yeah, it came all the way from New Zealand. And uh, <laughs> StephenAdams.com has a lot of stuff. And there's a lot of really cool things on it. I appreciate that. And this will not be the last Stephen Adams branded attire that I have now that I know this exists. <laughs> have you seen him? It's in the- cool because... He's also, I guess he he uh, finances some youth leagues or semi-pro leagues or something in New England, mm-hmm. New Zealand, because uh, he's got a whole bunch of little team merch there. Like he's and they're awesome. Uh, I wish I had remembered that we were doing this tonight. Uh, maybe in a minute I'll have it pulled up. But they were all kinds of cool team names, and he had merch for all of them. So I went through and thought about getting you, you know, just a random New Zealand team. Yeah, but the Stephen Adams hoodie was pretty sweet. Dude, that's incredible. That's awesome. I appreciate that a lot, and uh, yeah, that will be rocked many times here in South Carolina. I appreciate that, man. That's cool. Yeah, look at the. Oh yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah, that's awesome. And so, I knew you wouldn't logo. know what it was when you first looked at it, but. Uh uh-uh. uh. All right, so here, tell me, uh, college football needs some more of these names, okay? Um, you've got the Auckland City Basketball. That's the league. Mm-hmm. Uh. Wainakiri Wolfpack, the East Eastern Bay Jellyfish, the Evolution Gators, um, the Odahuhu Shinobi Pandas, <laughs> the Baseline Phoenix, mm-hmm. um, the uh, Manjeri United Saints, the Central Auckland Silverbacks, and the jersey that I'm going to buy, the Young Bucks. <laughs> that's perfect man that sounds like stir oh yeah and that all the like logos sh- oh the like logos are slick the silverbacks one was the one i almost got you that's cool with the uh king kong hanging off the yeah the top of the that's cool. cool that's really cool man and and you know one of a kind gear that's awesome he's a he's a celebrity now more so than normal he's in the at&t commercial he's funding these XFL sounding uh, youth basketball leagues. This is awesome, man. Steven Adams yeah. just continues to be my one of my favorite dudes in the NBA. I've never been more shocked to see a Grizzlies player on a commercial. Right. You know, I've, you know, nothing against Steven Adams. I mean, he's he's as marketable as anybody on the team, John yeah. Moran included, personality wise. Yeah. Just did not think anybody else would see that in him. Yeah. You know, like, good for him. Get your bag, especially while you can't play right now. Get your bag, uh, starring in uh, the ATT commercials with Lily. So. Yeah, and um, uh, Jalen, see, uh, Jalen, uh, um, from Gonzaga, Suggs, Jalen Suggs. Suggs. Thank you. Yep. So, all right, Rusty, we've got your birthday. Your birthday is completely gone until next year at this point. Let's go. That's so a, that's don't a, that's expect a any more special treatment until next <laughs> March. Uh, and so take us to where you're going to – leave us right. where we go next. So tonight we don't have a draft. Uh, we wanted to get into sports. And so kind of to prime the sports conversation, I guess, I found this on Instagram just moments ago. This is literally like a fresh idea. I just saw this. I'm going to post it to our Instagram page. It's a reel that I saw. And I want to get the audience's opinion, especially those of you who have been uh, NBA fans for a while, like Uncle Buck and myself. 
right. Drew, we got three teams. All right. Tell me who you think is winning in a game. We have the okay. all ba- we have the all bald team. Oh, okay. The all receding I, team. Is this a reel or is it a picture? You can send it to me and I can have it up at the same time. I took a screenshot. I'll send it to you. I'll text it to okay. you so you got it while I queue it up. And then I'm going to okay. post the reel to our Instagram story. And then those of you who get on, vote. Tell me what you think. All right. So I'm going to okay. name some of the players for the people listening. We have the all bald team, the all receding team, and the all long hair team. Okay. All right. So, uh, so uh, in the all ball team, the players with us, yep. yeah. And then I have an opinion, a strong opinion on who's going to win this game, and I, okay. I, we'll see. So the all ball team is Kevin Garnett, and these are prime. So this is not today. Right. This is prime players: prime right. Kevin Garnett, Charles Barkley, Michael Jordan, Shaq, and Jason Kidd. That's your all ball team. Okay. Your all receding team is Manu Ginobili, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and Chris Middleton. Boy, Randy. you couldn't find a fifth one there, could you? That's what I'm saying. It's scraping the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. And then the all long hair team is Julius Irvin, John Morant, Larry Bird, Dirk Nowitzki, and Steve Nash. Okay. Who's winning? Well, I'm not going to let my, uh, my, my love for the Grizzlies and John Morant get in the way. Um, to me, it's an absolute no-brainer. Yeah. Just first glance, the ball team is killing them. Yes. Okay. So <laughs> yes. Let me go through. Every team's got their weak link, okay? Mm-hmm. The ball team is Jason Kidd. Yeah, okay? clearly. Uh, the underrated one, if you can get underrated, people have forgotten how amazing Charles Barkley was. So for me, they, the underrated they, was – Everybody – a whole generation has – has grown up thinking Charles Barkley is the guy from inside the NBA. And he yeah. is, and he's incredible at it. Yeah. Uh, but you go back and watch Charles Barkley highlights. It is incredible. Yeah. For a guy that's, what, maybe an inch taller than you, Rusty? Yeah. I mean, he's like 6'5". Yeah. And like he was Zebo before Zebo was Zebo, right? Because he was a relatively unathletic big guy who could just ball. Like, guy could just just hoop. For me, though, in that in that lineup – it's Kevin Gar- Kevin Garnett. Right. People know him for he he can't pronounce words on in, inside the NBA. He's got some funny memes out there. Nothing is impossible. Or impossible is nothing. I do too. But dude, he was a menace on the defensive end of the court. Like like he could he would straight up body any of these guys except for the MVP. And it's not even Jordan, but Prime Shaq Diesel is going to destroy any of these teams. Yeah, because I mean, if you look at the matchup, so. Who is guarding uh, is, I mean, I don't want to disparage anybody, but is Mm -hmm. Kareem guarding Shaq? (laughs) Is Dirk guarding Shaq? Yeah. Or Dr. J guarding Shaq? I mean, no, I think it's, I think it's a no brainer. I think it's the ball team. And I think they probably, given the intensity, they're the most intense, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. both, both ends of the ball players too. Killers. I mean, you've got just straight killers in Jordan and Garnett. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not even fair. Yeah. I mean, that and team by itself could just wheel your wheel a win. And all just Jason Kidd has to do is facilitate. He does nothing but facilitate. And Jordan gets well, I mean, open. for two thirds of his career, he couldn't shoot anyways. That's you what know? I'm saying. 
And so this would this team would carry him on the offensive end. He would facilitate, be the floor general. Uh, Shaq would give any of these guys a ride. I mean, he is done. Like he's picking them up like he did Sean Bradley. Like if he if Shaq can dominate the great some of the greatest defensive centers of all time in Dikembe, David Robinson, Hakeem Olajuwon, he's gonna make light work of the rest of these guys. No offense to Kareem, you're one of the greats, but that Shaq was different. Well, it's funny um, just to kind of stay on that a little bit. It's funny watching inside the NBA because I believe that is like perfect television, perfect basketball television between Shaq uh, and Chuck, and then you've got Ernie Johnson, who's the best host in mm-hmm. in sports, regardless so of uh, regardless of sport. In sports, Ernie Johnson is the goat of uh, hosting. But Shaq gets a Shaq has this problem with putting himself in. To see in perspective mm-hmm. about his time in the NBA, because he just he's like, you know what? Yeah, I'd kill him. I'd mm-hmm. kill him. And he's right. <laughs> and the problem is he never had to learn to be good to beat anybody. He was yeah. always bigger and stronger yeah. and faster yeah. in things that you just couldn't coach. Yeah. And so he does not. He has a hard time. Looking, he apologizes a lot because mm-hmm. he'll look at players and be like, they're bums. And it's just because <laughs> they're not him. Yeah. And I mean, if you're talking about expectations, yeah. Shoot. Try seeing the NBA through Shaq's eyes. Yeah. I mean, just based on like pure ability, the, the debate and like the numbers are there for MJ, Jordan, Will, don't get me wrong, but just on pure ability to just wreak havoc. Shaq does not have an equal from like Shaq would dominate 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s today purely based on size. I mean, the guy is a Goliath and he gets those hips going and there's nobody that could that could stop him in the post. He could cover ground like nobody's business with that wingspan. And for that reason, all ball, that team is going to work anybody that they play against. Yeah. And um, a big snub on the all hair team is Kelly Olenek. I mean, I don't know how you miss him. <laughs> Just because, you know, take out Dirk. I mean, if we're really doing it based on good hair, oh, like are we just saying the best players who have hair? Okay, well then fine. But if I'm drafting an all hair team, give me Jared Allen. Yeah, from Cleveland. Yeah, perfect afro. I mean, yeah, or what was it? Iman Shumpert had that paintbrush for a little while. That had the, like the perfect oh. paintbrush. <laughs> the worst was uh, was it Reggie Bullock, who had the oh, hair yeah. that flipped over the flipped front forward, and then like the little yeah. tentacles. It, so it I, looked like you know, uh, you see the old drawings of you when you put the carrot out in front yep. of the donkey and make him go. That's yeah. what, that's what he had going on. Yeah, absolutely. So on this list is the all ball team. Maybe Uncle Buck and I get bored enough, we'll create an all Afro team or an all hair team, but. All bald, all receding, all long hair. Check it out on our Instagram page. Give us a vote. Tell us who you think is going to win that matchup. I'm curious to what you think. The host of the video picked the all receding team. I think it's a recency bias, but regardless, all bald. And, and I'm sorry. You miss, You lost me with Chris Middleton. Is there not a fifth I'm player? I'm, I'm saying. Like, like, Manu, I'll give you. Like That's a great pick. KD, fine. But – Chris Middleton, like we, you think he's gonna guard Jordan? Like I guess maybe you put him on on Steve Nash, but or Jason Kidd, but yeah, you would hide Middleton on Kidd, yeah. I guess. Um, yeah, I uh, just you you gave me Shaq and Jordan, 
on the same team. I, That's I, all I need. I don't think you could put together any five more players. No. I, I think you could give me, you know, you give me Jack, uh, Shaq and Jordan, and then and, you build a team of five based on the remaining players. Yeah. And then I'll fill in my three. And I, I think I may still take Shaq and Jordan. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And how is Kobe Bryant not in the ball team over Jason Kidd? That's what I'm saying. I, the, my my one snub, either that or the all receding, because for the short time he had that long, that little receding hairline. Like Kobe's got to be on here somewhere, man. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, anyway, okay. just wanted to yeah, just wanted to spark a little debate before we start talking. Yeah. That's a little brain exercise. So our first topic tonight is Drew. I'm a fan of meaningless baseball. After the last couple of weeks of quote unquote meaningless baseball. And for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the World Baseball Classic that was some of the greatest must-watch baseball that we've seen in a long time. I'm sorry. Uh, are you really going to call it meaningless? That's you not saw what I'm the stands, it. right? That's not what I'm calling it. I didn't call that. That's from that's from some reporters. That's from MLB. That was kind of trickled out. That's not me. Dude, this was incredible. I'm like you. You and I have talked about this on this podcast. I am Team USA regardless of what the sport yeah. is. I don't care what it is. I will right. root for USA if we're talking chess, if we're talking basket weaving, if we're especially if we're talking baseball. You put the stars and bars on a game <laughs> and sing the national anthem in front of it. I'm watching it. I All mean, right. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so although we last... should change the national anthem to "God Bless America," but I digress. Mm. But yeah, man, the last couple of weeks we've had some phenomenal baseball. Trey Turner is the new Captain America after his his slash line for the last couple of weeks only to be overshadowed last night by a once-in-a-generation, possibly a once-in-a-forever type player in Shanae Ohanty, uh, Otani. Who oh, just- stop. Stop. It's Otani. I, I, I corrected myself. <laughs> when my dyslexia was acting up. I do apologize for that. <laughs> Shohei Otani, who Shohei had, Otani, who had the, the greatest two-way baseball player yeah. of all time. He had the highest exit velocity on a hit – and he yeah. had the fastest pitch out of anybody in the entire World Baseball Classic. And he got to first base in four and a half seconds to beat out an infield single last yeah. night. I mean, yeah. all right, so let's just set it up a little bit. You know, the World Baseball Classic is like the Olympics. It's every three years. Baseball is America, the only sport America does right that compete on a world scale. Yes, because America has still not quite figured out men's soccer yet. No. Um, and so baseball, it's the Baseball World Cup. And you mm-hmm. know Uncle Buck was there for the World Cup. You know, that's when we started this podcast, just so I could talk about the World Cup. Um, and the United States lost early to Mexico. And Japan lost one. But it all came down to last night. It was the Japanese versus the United States playing in Miami. And it was electric baseball. Like Rusty said, um, it's not Seager. Tell me the guy's name who hit the home run in the second inning last night. uh, Trey Turner, right? Trey Turner. Turner. I want to say Kyle Seager, but, you know, (laughs) one of those shortstops. Yeah. Um, Hits a solo shot, and then Japan enters right back with a solo shot later in the inning. They have a, uh, they work in another run, and it gets up to three to one in the eighth inning. And Kyle Schwarber, Rusty's beloved, mm. Kyle Schwarber, 
Forever a cub. I was watching this live. I don't think you were, Rusty. No. He had about eight, with two strikes, he had about eight foul balls pulled him down the third baseline, first baseline, eight of them in a row, and then finally slowed down long enough to punch one in the third deck in Miami to uh, cut it down to one. And then, as only it can do in the movies, the ninth inning came out in Shohei Otani, the Japanese phenom, comes out to close the game on the mound, and he gets two quick outs uh, via – he got a single and a double play, and then his teammate, quite possibly the best baseball player of all time, who mm. nobody knows about, Mike Trout, comes up and Shohei fans him. But did and you see was, what happened beforehand, though? The little nod from Mike Trout – Shohei had the cold stare. Like he, they knew it was a moment. These are two yeah. of the greatest baseball players of our generation stepping up. Absolutely. In the biggest and, moment. And that's the that's you can't script that any better. And for Shohei to buckle in, and he does. They said that he has not thrown relief innings since 2015. That's before he even came to the United mm-hmm. States to play. Yeah. And so, uh, for him to get that strikeout like like that, I wasn't even mad because that. How many times can you think of a game or a series that has the perfect pinnacle at the very end? I mean, you're talking, you know, buzzer beater, ball in the air in the fourth quarter of the NBA championship game. Yeah. That's what that was last night, and it was 1v1. Teammates, it was like if you had to – if America and Japanese – sent their tribute for a 1v1 matchup, That's what that would have been the matchup. Absolutely. It was the perfect matchup. I mean, yeah. It was and when it was over, I wasn't even mad that we lost. I mean, mm-hmm. it would have been nice to see Trout, you know, tied Wait, up. Yeah. But, like, that was just a moment that I'm glad I watched. Yeah. I mean, it's cool. You know, you've got Japan, who's got two of the best pitchers in the bigs right now. You Darvish is up and down, but when he's on, he's he's untouchable. Um the USA lost, roster was loaded from top to bottom, and right. some great, we beat the T off of Great Britain again with the most cheap, hideous sports uniforms of all time. Yeah, uh, they probably got those made once they got over here. Listen, some no t-shirt offense, shop and no offense to the Winter Circle in Corinth, Mississippi, but that's look that's kind of where it came from. Like it just came from yeah. a little little shop. Yeah, um, I mean it's fitting. They don't they don't have enough players anyways. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you've got Venezuela, Mexico was a Cinderella story for a little bit, but it came down to the two countries that are producing some of the best baseball players right now. It was a great game last night and a fitting end to the World Baseball Classic. We'll see you all in three years. You know, um, before we get off here, you you brought up Team Mexico, and I want to see if you had heard about this or not, and then we'll get off the World Baseball Classic. We probably spent too much time on it. Randy Arozarena, you familiar with Randy Arozarena? Had his Another breakout name. for the yes. the Rays when they made it to the World Series a couple years ago. Yeah, absolutely. Former Cardinal, uh, his story to get to the Mexican team. Have you heard this? Mm-mm. So it goes like this: He is from Cuba, and like everybody knows, if you ever get out of Cuba, they're always scared you're going to defect and never mm-hmm. come back. Well, that's what a Rosarena did. He got out of Cuba, and he went to Mexico. And he had been in Mexico, and he started with nothing. And he mm-hmm. just tried out for 
you know, whatever semi-professional ball he could get into. Mm-hmm. And he worked his way up to the Cardinals signed him when he was 19 years old. He was never granted citizenship in Mexico. And so he walked, he wrote a letter to the president, head honcho, whatever they call him in Mexico, and was like, if you give me citizenship, I will play for you guys in the World Baseball Classic. <laughs> and that's how he got his citizenship. Holy smokes. Yeah, it was awesome. So we have two defectors because this year we had uh, Cuba's bullpen catcher, Ivan Prieto, P-R-I-E-T-O, who, when Cuba yeah. flew back to Cuba out of Miami, was nowhere to be found for the <laughs> flight home. How about that? There was. I'm surprised he was the only one that defected. Yeah, he is the first player to ever defect during the World Baseball Classic. Well, that's the last time you'll see a Cuban team leave Cuba. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. He just ruined it for everybody else. But yeah. Anyway, Uncle Buck, we have a bracket challenge going on right now. And I'm going to be honest, man, we had a we had a good turnout. Had, uh, almost 30 yeah. entries this year. Uh, he and I, Uncle Buck and I were talking off air the other day. Like Some of y'all, if y'all find a way to win, y'all going to have to let us know who you are because – we don't recognize don't, everybody in this. <laughs> yeah, all these ESPN user yeah. 12-digit number at the end of it. You're going to have to help me out. That's it, man, because we've got a prize for the winner. And currently, uh, 130 Brandon won. I'm assuming it's Lump from our uh, Fantasy Football League. Uh, it's either Lump or Neasy. One of Brandon the two. Smith, I'm, I'm not sure. Pick Purdue, um, RIP your champion. Yeah, he uh, he's in first place right now, but his max points only 800 points because he lost Purdue. Same with second place with uh, stash respect, Mr. Zach Jones losing uh, the Arizona Wildcats. Yeah, Uh, the team to watch is the team that's next. Uh, Aaron Ivy, our good buddy, Kentucky Homer. uh, You know, we probably need to get him on the podcast and let him defend Will Levis before the draft start. But that's I digress. Uh, He's sitting at 1500 points. Uh, as his max points, and so that leads the league. And so if he kind of just holds the rope there, that's it. he may get him a T-shirt. That's it. He's uh, He is in prime position. Uh, the only other one that's kind of in contention with him would be Big Shots, ESPN user number 04865405, who <laughs> has 1,490 Again, points available. Yeah, you're going to uh, you're gonna have to prove that it's you. That's it. We're going to need proof if you're going to get that coveted t-shirt uncle buck that comes with winning the league so yeah we're uh we're in a good spot um it's been a fun tournament listen man when you don't have a dog in the hunt you root for chaos and chaos is what we have gotten we've had two number one seeds eliminated with purdue and kansas losing to one of the most insufferable fan bases in the arkansas razorbacks but i digress um especially on arkansas twitter but we've got alabama still in the mix I do kind of like Musselman, though. Yeah, he's a coach, man. Yeah. He, yeah, he's good. <laughs> yeah, I like Musselman. He's, he's, I like a coach in his mid-50s that will jump on the scores table and take his shirt off. Listen, Sue me. Listen, no, I, I'm here for that. I'm just talking about yeah. their obnoxious fans on Twitter because you've been in Arkansas Twitter before. You know it's a it's a scary place, man. It's scary yeah, place. I mean, it's a cesspool. I mean, yeah. but, you know, I tried not to listen to those people. You know, and that's what happens when your family tree is built like a light pole. (laughs) (laughs) But I digress. Um, What what matchups are you looking at this weekend? We're going to have some good basketball games this weekend. We've got some Cinderella's and the Princeton Tigers. 
uh, playing the Creighton Blue Jays. I think that's a that's a sneaky good matchup. San Diego State is a sneaky team against Alabama. They are def- they're a defensive menace. I think that could be a good game. I think that Kansas State Michigan State game is one I'm going to watch because Izzo clearly always has his team ready to play, and Kansas State unless they don't know, you know, because I mean, he's gotten knocked out a few times now. Maybe now he's made it to the Sweet Sweet Sixteen. Mm-hmm. I, of the games that are left, I'm probably most excited about watching Xavier Texas or mm-hmm. uh, Arkansas UConn. Agreed. But you don't really have the sexy matchups yet. Low yeah. key, I'm cheering for Kansas State throughout. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that story. Mm-hmm. With the coach. Uh, yeah. Um, what's your favorite upset of the of the year so far? Is it Fairleigh Dickinson? I mean, it's got to be, Over right? Purdue. Yeah. It's got to be. It's got to be Fairleigh Dickinson or um, uh, what was the other one I was looking at? Arizona um, got, getting beat by um, Princeton. Princeton was a good upset. I mean, there's been some really good ones. Uh, Furman beating Virginia almost to, that, the, to the day that was, of that the was NBC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was my biggest upset. That bonehead play that Virginia point guard made to chunk oh the ball downfield with five <laughs> seconds to go downfield. Now might as well be downfield. Right. Down court with five seconds to go. I sent you the video that was showing the play on the court. And oh, the- yeah. Kevin Harlan is incredible. Incredible. Yeah. And him holding his hands out, letting everybody know, letting Stan Van Gundy and the other guy know, do not talk here. I'm setting this up. Mm-hmm. And he just he holds his hands out like he's blocking people from getting in a fight. And he was just like, (laughs) and then let it rest and let the crowd kind of take over and then just come back in with like, what was he doing? It was incredible call. It was incredible. An incredible moment like that can only go like be the best ever if the call matches it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. You got to have that Mike Breen bang or, you know, Kevin Harlan yelling, God. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but speaking of Furman, we share a common appreciation for one of their more famous alumnus. Well, I guess several of them. You know what? What famous musical group comes from Furman? It's in South Carolina, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, need to breathe. Yeah, need to yeah. breathe, man. They they cut their teeth singing in the dorm rooms and on campus at Furman, where Bear Reinhardt is one of their all-time leading receivers on their football team. Yeah. I, I love Bear. I love mm-hmm. Need to Breathe. Love Need to Breathe, and therefore I was rooting for Furman, but they got eliminated the next round by the Aztecs, uh, who now face. If you're a 16 seed, though, I mean, you got to – I mean, that coach got a heck of a pay raise because he, yep. he took over the Iona job when Patino went over St. John's. Right, yeah, St. So, Mary's. St. John's, St. John's, St. John's. Yeah. But like, but yeah, Alabama better watch out, man. If San Diego State starts defending you when you get off the bus, I think that's going to be a sneaky good game on the twenty fourth. Yeah. All right. Um, it's it's neat. Uh, that wasn't the only ticket punch of the Sweet Sixteen, though. And I've told you, I uh, I'm I'm not going to bury the lead setting it up. Ole Miss women as an eight seed in the women's college basketball. Yeah. March Madness defeated the one seed Stanford Cardinal at Stanford at their home field uh, to make their first Sweet 16 since 2007. Yep. And obviously their first win against a one seed ever. Right. 
that game was incredible. And I told you afterwards, I said, I'm not going to be that guy who shows up at the podcast was like, I've been watching them all year long. This is great. And I'm like, no, nope, I haven't. Yeah. But just like I cheer for the United States, whether they're playing pickleball or whatever, uh, same way with Ole Miss. And when we're making a run and anything, I've watched softball. I've watched golf. That women's basketball game was special on yeah. uh, on Sunday night. I believe it was Sunday night. Um, they got off the bus. They walked onto the court and and just was like chihuahuas. Yeah. Chomping at the ankles of these yeah. big, tall Stanford women playing basketball. I'm, I mean, they were giving up four to six inches at every position. And they just went total pack mentality. And there were two or three different times in the game where Stanford didn't make a bucket for five minutes. Right. And then it got close at the end. Ole Miss hit them in the mouth. Yep. And Stanford crept back and tied it with about a minute to go. And you could kind of tell that Ole Miss did not let it hurt their feelings that this game was now in jeopardy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they just turned it up a notch. And you could tell that Stanford hadn't been in a lot of close games. They didn't know how to put it away when they needed to because first possession after they tied it, Ole Miss went and uh, missed a shot, turnover or something, and Stanford turned it right back over and fouled. And it was they're shooting free throws from that point forward. Yep. Great game, great game. Coach yeah. Yo, Yolette McPhee McEwen is – the Ole Miss women's basketball coach, and she went on an interview on a podcast with Coach Jason Brown. You remember Jason Brown from oh, Last yeah. Chance? You, yeah, yeah. And she she said there was a couple lines in there. She was like, "We don't want no house dog. I need an outside dog. That's why I like pit bulls." He, and then she said, "I know we probably not compete. We're not competing for any McDonald's All Americans here at Ole Miss, but that's changing." But I'll take all your Wendy's all Americans you got. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh she's a good quote. She's a good quote. So that's all I'm gonna say about that. Listen, I props, appreciate it against props story. to Coach Yo. Absolutely. When Big she took out. over that Ole Miss when she took over that Ole Miss women's basketball program, her first year they went 0 and sixteen in the SEC. Yeah. Uh, big shout out. You know, I was going to give the Mississippi State girls a shout out. They got a big win over Creighton and then uh, competed with Notre Dame, who had a defensive tackle playing in the post and got away with a lot. But um, it's overshadowed by our in-state rivals. And I appreciate greatness when I see it. Ole Miss is on a great, great run. And for the state of Mississippi, I hope it continues. You got a, a tough matchup against Louisville, who's got some shooters. They can score. They're one of those women's teams that are always good. And, hey, man, yeah. for the home state, for the 662 and the 601, y'all go get them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's exciting, and the thing is, is you're playing with house money now. Mm-hmm. That's you, it. Uh, you, you, got you started in the eight-nine game and just beat the ever-living snot out of Gonzaga, yeah. and then knocked off the number one team in the in the bracket at home. Yeah. And so now you got you're you're hit with house money now. Yeah. You play Louisville, who is a perennial powerhouse. I think they yep. said they'd made what four or six straight Sweet Sixteens. Mm-hmm. Uh, like they've that. got a dynamic guard in Haley Van Lith is her yep. name. Um, go out there, give them your best shot. What you got to lose? The most know? dangerous Let team in the out. tournament is the team that has nothing to lose. And so watch out for those Ole Miss Rebels as they uh, they take on the Louisville Cardinals on the 24th at 10 p.m. Eastern. Yep, Friday night. 
Friday night. All right, Drew. Uh, in other news, in uh, some exciting news for the one joint team that we share, sticking in the basketball vein, uh, one call 12, Ja Morant is back for your Memphis Grizzlies tonight. Yeah. So uh, on Monday night, he got, he was, his suspension was completed from the NBA. They ended up giving him an eight-game suspension, but it was retroactive, so he only had to miss, I think, maybe two more games. And so he was on the sideline on Monday for Dallas, and he got a heck of an applause from the fans, and you could tell that the guys on the bench were just happy to see him there. And uh, The Grizzlies had another big come-from-behind win to beat Dallas again. Um, Dallas, who, once again, is not playing both of their superstars, just one of them. And uh, I told you, with uh, by adding Kyrie Irving, I think they got worse. Yeah, and props to you for calling that. I'm almost, I've got a uh, stat here. Um, Real quick, so, while you're looking that up, though, I want to say I've got shout it out. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, so since trading for Kyrie Irving, Dallas is 3-6 and six when both Doncic and Irving play. They're 0-1 when only Luka plays. They're 3-1 and one when Kyrie plays without Luka. Mm. And they're one and two when neither of them play. So if you do the math, they're six, seven, and six, seven, eight, ten. Seven and ten since trading for Kyrie. Because they gave up so much to get him. And my favorite quote out of all of it was Kyrie the other night told, talking about Dylan playing that dumb you know it defense. And he held him to exactly what? Two points in the fourth quarter? Shut zero. Hey, yes, well, zero. Free throws. He was 0 for 9 from the field. Right. To quote, uh, to throw back and quote one of our beloved, uh, get out of your legal troubles, Tony Allen, but uh, Uh he cut his water off. (laughs) Yeah. He shut the water off. He did, man. (laughs) Ken, all right, let's get to, let's let's wrap up, Ja, because Ja's back tonight. Yes. For some reason, uh, I have thoughts on this. Ja's not in the starting lineup. Taylor Jenkins is bringing him off the bench. Um. And I don't really know why. I mean, he's never going to play that role anyways. Uh, I don't know if this is a part of his punishment or kind of getting back, you know, you're not going to do something stupid like that and immediately come and start over ties kind of thing. That's kind of what I thought. uh, And if that's the case, then I get it. Mm -hmm. But if this is just a way to ramp him up, I don't like it because you've only got 10 games left. Yeah. And you need those 10 games. Now, you've played – everybody's – we knock on wood, the core guys have played together mm-hmm. most of the season. So yeah. you probably can pick up where you left off. But going into the playoffs, I want as many regular rotation minutes as I can get with my guys to be back comfortable. Yeah, I don't disagree. I think it's a punishment thing. I think he's wrapping up his suspension and saying, look, you're, like you said, you're not going to step back into this lineup. We've got something good going. This team has chemistry. We have two – Double-digit fourth-quarter comeback wins over the last week, including the franchise record 29-point deficit overcome to beat the San Antonio Spurs. These boys are hot, man. Don't don't. You better watch out for the Memphis Grizzlies because we've lost our best big in Steven Adams till the playoffs. BC isn't coming back, but Jaron's been playing out of his mind. He's been scoring. He pounded a little bit the other night against um, 
uh, in the last game the other night. Anyway, pouted a little bit in the Mavericks game and got some stupid, stupid fouls. But Dylan has been a menace on defense. He's actually been hitting some shots, which is not bad to see. Tyus has been a double-double machine. And I tell you who's been most impressive, particularly the other night against the Mavs, is Slim Spain. Santi Aldama yeah. cooking the other night. Aldama has been great, and Roddy has been great. Oh, yeah. And those are the guys that you need in playoffs. They're not going to get as many minutes, but the minutes they got will be of immense importance. Absolutely. Because that's they're you know most of Santi's minutes in the playoffs are going to be when Jaron needs a breather or he gets that third foul early. Yep. Uh, Roddy the same way. Roddy gets all of his playing time because Dylan Brooks don't quit getting technicals. Right. Eighteen he's, now. <laughs> he is uh, serving his second suspension. For just technical fouls, having 18 technical fouls. You get your first one at 16, you have to sit a game. At 18, you got to sit a game. Every two after that. But did you see the video from practice today where Santi did the dance in his face and he buried the three and then did it back to him? <laughs> and that was a silly technical. I mean, as it far was. as Dylan goes, you know. It was. Like that, that wasn't very villainous of Dylan. He's, he's gotten worse before. No, but anytime Tony Brothers is in the four and we always struggle a little bit with fouls, there's no no secret, but, um, you know. Tony silly. Brothers thinks everybody pays to watch him referee. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I cannot stand when he referees Grizzly games. And But Jaron brought his technical on himself and the other night. I digress. The Grizz are winning. They're playing winning basketball, and it's only going to get better with Ja coming back. And, fingers crossed, thoughts and prayers, Steven Adams coming back in the playoffs. Yeah. And uh, don't look now, but the seating is kind of settling mm-hmm. on the top end of the West. Uh, Denver's going to be the one seed. Yep. Memphis and Sacramento will be either the two or the three seed. And the four seed is, right now is Phoenix, and they're kind of locked into that. Mm-hmm. So that's where I want us to stay because – in that 2-3 matchup, of course, I'd love to have the 2 seed just for home field advantage in the second round. But I want to stay away from Denver and from Phoenix in that second round game. As long um, as we can. Yeah, because if you drop to, you know, if you drop to four, you're going to feed into Denver. And so uh, stay in that 2-3. And it looks like it's going to be that way right now. uh Memphis is three and a half behind Denver. Sac is a game and a half behind Memphis. And Phoenix is nine and a half or uh, four and a half below Sacramento. So we're right kind of where I want to be. Yep, absolutely. And and I think we're going to – I think that's where we're going to land. I think we've got uh, – our schedule is much more favorable than Phoenix, than Denver. Our, our, our schedule plays into our favor for the rest of the season – um, and I think I like where we're at. Uh, like you said, Drew, we're up two and a half on, on Sacramento. We're up six on Phoenix and then seven on the Clippers. I want to say in that two C, we get home court in the second round. We'll have home court unless we play Denver. I think that that's right where we need to be, particularly if we can get a healthy Steven Adams back in a couple of weeks. Yeah. And I've, I've got a hunch that Denver may be trying to lose. Mm. Uh, they're five and five in their last 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you've got to lose better than they lose because I don't want that one seed. Yeah. Um, another thing that you're going to look at, if I mean the two seed, 
which means you play the seven seed, which means you play the winner of the seven eight matchup in the play in tournament. Right now, that's Oklahoma City and Dallas. Ooh, I like both of those. Champions. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, however, uh, tw- seven. All right, let's go to uh, six. Golden State's at six, out of the play-in right now, uh, and uh, four and six in their last ten. Between six, seven, goal, uh, seven Oklahoma City, eight Dallas, nine Minnesota, ten Utah, eleven Lakers. 12 New Orleans, there is uh, one and a half games separated. Yeah, that's wild. And the hottest and so, team in there right now is the Thunder at 8-2 and two in their last 10. Yeah, and so they may sneak up into the sixth seed, mm-hmm. and that's when you get the first-round matchup I think everybody wants. Absolutely. Give me Golden State at coming out of the seventh seed. Yeah. Went beating, I don't know, Dallas or whoever, Minnesota, Minnesota, whoever, and give me a home series yeah. against Golden State. Because You're talking about the FedEx Forum yeah. will they'll blow the lid off of it. Absolutely, we're going. Yeah. Uh, our good buddy Zach, I talked to him on my drive up to Murfreesboro on Monday, and he's like, "We're going. Yeah. We're going to a playoff game. We we'll play Golden State." There's nothing okay. like playoff basketball at the FedEx Forum. I was there for the Western Conference Finals. I was there for the triple overtime game against the Thunder, and there's nothing better than playoff basketball at the Forum. And to quote the great Ric Flair, to be the man, you got to beat the man. And so they may not think they were rivals, but we're going to kick their tail in a playoff series in Memphis, man. Let's go. I'm fired up. Yeah, uh, that's what I want. I was on the fence talking to Zach, but he really convinced me. Give me – that yeah. matchup. I would rather That's, play Golden State than I'd rather pl- than Dallas or Minnesota. Yeah. I mean, just the excitement factor. Yeah. To go and have that in the first round. Yeah. And people, Golden State forgets we've knocked them out of the tournament in that play-in year. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ole Miss. Uh, the Grizzlies won two two games in the play-in tournament to get the eight seed to go up against Utah that year. Yep. Uh, and the second one was winner goes on, loser Absolutely. goes home between Golden State, and we beat them because Draymond almost broke the backboard on the way up in yep. crunch time. Yeah, so. and so nothing will be better than beating that mouth breather in Draymond Green. Clay Thompson, who I'm convinced is a bum, you can count on your fingers all your NBA title rings from the past. That's fine. Just know you got your butt kicked the other night. Yeah, so anyway, keep deflecting. Yeah, yeah, it's like he's that's the equivalent of at the barbershop. The guy's like, well, back in my day, we played physical. Like, yeah, okay, all right, cool. You know, I'm sorry, you're not. What do you want? Respect because you won a championship yeah. last year. Yeah, cool. Or three other ones. I mean, sure, I'll, I'll give you respect, but don't think I'm, you're going to come in here and we're going to kiss the ring either. No, you know? no, we're gonna we're gonna you're gonna get our best shot because you talk all that noise. You got to be able to back it up, especially this year. This, like. Man, let's go. Get <laughs> I'm ready for that series start tomorrow. Let's go. Mm-hmm. But, Drew, after all, this is a college baseball podcast. And uh, right now, <laughs> there's some doldrums in Oxford, Mississippi and Starkville, Mississippi. Oh, yeah. I mean, Ole Miss was 14 and 2, 3, 14 and 3 going into uh, this weekend. And a road loss to Jacksonville State happened. And then three losses 
at Vanderbilt happen. And, you know, they are who we who I thought they were. You know, the old Dennis Green quote. They the- are who we thought they were. I told you going in there, we're the defending champions. You see it on my hat. Mm. Um, we lost a lot of pieces. And anybody who thought that it was a given that this team was good enough to repeat was just being too much of a fan. Yeah. This team, especially minus Hunter Elliott, your Friday night ace, there is a lot of holes. And what happened is on the road against Vanderbilt last weekend, every hole that we had was exposed. They had two bona fide aces yeah. that just just shut us down. Uh, we had four errors in the first game, which is something that we have not had before. Mm-hmm. We were at fourth in the country in fielding percentage going into that series and had four errors in game one on Thursday. And so that coupled with the fact that you need to string together hits, important timely hits against an ace like they had on Friday night, Thursday night. Um, once you have four errors, it's over. Mm-hmm. And uh, Friday, which was game two this week, uh, we got two hit complete game shutout. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you can't much, then, not much you can do with that. Yeah. Sunday, uh, Ole Miss calls it energy Sunday. That's what they believe wins on Sundays is who team, what teams got the best energy. And they came out and got smacked around again. Yeah. Um, just a, a weekend you won't forget. And it was very reminiscent last year, opening weekend of the SEC play, Tennessee came to town. Yeah. And they just beat us yeah. wickedly. I mean, they, it was humiliating. And that's what we had again this year. Yeah. Um, it doesn't get any easier looking forward. I uh, got a, no, got a win against Arkansas, Arkansas Pine Bluff, but then uh, the number three team in the country comes to town. We got Florida coming to Oxford this weekend. Mm-hmm. And so it does not get any easier. I've told you, Ole Miss has got to figure out a way to get to the back half of this season around or right below 500 in the SEC play. Uh, but that schedule is a bear to start it. You can, you can start your first weekends at Vanderbilt, Florida at home, at Texas A&M, which looks better now as a mm-hmm. matchup. Yeah. Arkansas at home, Mississippi State on the road, LSU yeah. at home. And then you end the season with Georgia, Missouri, Auburn, and Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> You're, you need to put yourself in a situation where you don't need to sweep those last three or four series. Right. And I think, uh, so yeah. you, I don't know how you do it. Yeah. But you've got another month of that Hunter Elliott pitching on Fridays. Mm. And what does he look like when he comes back? Who knows? Yeah. Uh, but you've got to figure out a way to string some wins together and win at least one every weekend and try to win two if you're at home. That's it. And uh, like you said, schedule doesn't get any easier for the next month, but then it kind of it's backloaded a little bit more favorable. Uh, unlike uh, your Mississippi State Bulldogs, who are in a very similar slump, uh, we got absolutely Don't worked. Don't say your Mississippi State Bulldogs, ain't mine. No, I'm just talking to our audience. Your Mississippi <laughs> State Bulldogs got absolutely worked 
in 20 degree weather at Lexington against the Kentucky Wildcats, who are the 23rd ranked team in the country. But they had like eight fans there, no media members because their men's basketball team was playing. And so they relied on the Associated Press for their press releases and they absolutely crushed us. They should have run ruled us on Saturday on my birthday, which was a crappy birthday present. They did run rule us on Sunday um, and just got absolutely embarrassed. It was not to the standard Mississippi State baseball. We had balls rolling through outfielders' legs. We were overshooting the first baseman. We were hitting batters, walking batters. I mean, it was like the bad news bears out there. It was atrocious. Uh, recovered a good bit last night. Uh, beat up on Arkansas State 16-2 to in a game that we really needed for a bounce back because it didn't get any easier. You think Ole Miss' schedule is rough? We played at Kentucky for the 23rd ranked team. We have Vanderbilt at home this weekend. Then we have South Carolina, who's number 11 after that, at Alabama, and then Ole Miss comes to town. Uh, we yeah. really don't get a relief. It's kind of like Ole Miss, Alabama, Auburn, and then it's right back to Tennessee, Arkansas, LSU, and A&M to finish out the season. So we have got to find some ways to win some SEC baseball games because, Drew, I don't care what Chris Lamonis said, and this was such a, a Bush League comment, in my opinion. Like I get what he's trying to say. But we're 0-14 in our last SEC ball games dating back, baseball games dating back to last year. Have not beaten an SEC team, baseball team in 14 games. Like, that is abysmal. And that is not the standard of Mississippi State baseball. And it doesn't get any easier. We're playing those same Vanderbilt Commodores in Starville this weekend who worked a good Ole Miss baseball team. Oof. Offense is not the issue. I think we'll find some runs and we'll find some hits and we'll find some opportunities to get the ball in play is just our pitching. I mean, we still continue to hit batters. We continue to walk batters. We continue to struggle keeping guys off the base path. Ross Highfall is a, is a, is a freshman catcher. He's got a bright future ahead of him, but guys are stealing left and right. Luke Hancock, our captain, our fifth year senior baseball. I think base runners are now like, I want to say like 22 for 25 on him. Like, we're stealing bases left and right. And so we've got to find a way to play some winning baseball on the defensive side and throw some strikes. Dad Burnett, we've got to figure out how to throw strikes. Yeah, and that's something that's played both of our teams because yeah. Ole Miss can't throw strikes either. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You hope our problem is inexperience and Tommy John surgery, honestly. Um, the in, These guys have got to start just throwing the ball down the middle if you've got to. You can't yeah. let them walk. I mean, this and, you gotta uh, you gotta throw strikes. Whatever the cost, you have to throw strikes. And you yeah, and that and, the, thing uh, miss, the thing kills Mississippi State real quick. And I, I'm sure Ole Miss is the same problem. Is we're bad about walking the first batter of the inning. And that first walk is what kills you because now you've got a base runner and it's distraction to the pitcher. Particularly with our catching this year so far has not been effective at throwing. Because you know like I said, that's it. You know they're moving and there's not much you can do about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's been a rough weekend for both of us. Um, I'd still like my team a little bit better uh, just because uh, I think we've got a little bit more seasoning there, but both mm -hmm. teams are really struggling right now. We'll see. So last week you nothing, were a Nothing like a serious team. win. Yeah, there's nothing that a serious win against Florida can't sure. do, can't fix. You know? Last week you were a 6 out of 10. Where are you at this week? Uh, I think I said 7.5. 7.5, that's right. That's yeah. right, 7.5. You know, it's kind of hard to say after one weekend. I said this last year. Uh, we weren't podcasting, so I didn't tell everybody. But it's kind of hard to see. Last year, I looked at that Tennessee team that beat us, and I was like, 
they're better than us, but that doesn't mean we're not good. Yeah. I'm kind of curious to see what Vanderbilt looks like next week. Yeah. Against Mississippi State on the road. Yeah. Um, I still, maybe I'll drop it down to a seven. I mean, I definitely don't feel better, but I don't feel like I assumed this team was world beaters either. Uh, we've got our issues, and that we've got the same issues that I knew we had. They were every one of them was just exposed last weekend. Yeah. You know, I was about a five, five and a half on Mississippi State. It's opening weekend. Like you said, it's hard to tell about opening SEC, opening weekend of SEC ball. But we looked bad, and the schedule does not get any easier over the next few weeks. Uh, I'm probably more like a four, maybe four and a half now, simply because the schedule gets harder, and we really needed some momentum. We needed one of those games, especially Friday night. We had the game. We lost on a on a wild pitch that they scored a runner from third. Um, and that's that's tough. You beat yourself right there. You had an opportunity to get a season opening win or season a weekend opening win, and who knows how the rest of the weekend goes? Do you get run ruled? Maybe, but at the same time, you've got momentum going into Saturday, picking up that Friday night win, and to lose in that fashion is so deflating, so deflating. Yeah, and it really just set a late Friday night loss that's a kick to the stomach like that. Yeah, it takes a mature team to get past it. Yeah, and State is very very young. Yeah, very young, and and um, I don't know that we're super well coached right now. I'm not on that. There's a there's a fire Lamonis trend on Twitter, and I think it's stupid. If you're listening to this podcast and you want to fire Chris Lamonis, stop it. Get some help. The guy has like they're saying we need to fire him and get somebody with Omaha experience. Guy has Omaha experience. We have a national championship. Like. Giving time to figure it out. Like you're not going to fire somebody mid-season. Maybe if you know they don't have a plan going into next year, that's a conversation to be had. But stop it. We're not firing Chris Lamonis. There needs to be maybe some some pitching coaching changes in the offseason, but not a head coach change. That's not gonna that's gonna set you back even further. Okay, so you're going to give him this year regardless. Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, you don't make a change mid-baseball season. It's not like football in the NFL. Like, you don't – like, traditionally, unless there is an Andy Canisaro kind of situation, you don't make a change mid-season. Yeah. Like, you just don't do that. All right, so if you go 10-20 and 20 this year, do you feel the same way? I think at that point, you got – you. it's either it's it's either your supporting staff or you. You've got something has well, to change. You. You definitely get the one shot to fire your assistants. That's you know, it. They, yeah. He's got yeah. that he's got that bullet left to fire. Um what was their record last year in the SEC? Wasn't it like it was bad, like it's what, bad. eight and twenty two or something, something like, that. like that. And we we lost yeah. we got swept the last three series, including Missouri, who is not this year's Missouri, not the SEC East leading Missouri Tigers uh from this year. Um, they were bad last year, and they came to Starville and absolutely beat the crap out of us on our home field to end out the season, and then we went winless in, in Hoover, and it's just it was embarrassing, absolutely embarrassing. Yeah, we swept Missouri at Missouri late in the season last year, and it's kind of what started the, you know, the Rebs getting hot, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you had to have we swept Missouri, we swept LSU, yeah. and we uh, that was really when the don't let the Rebs get hot caught yeah. on yeah and they got hot and we wouldn't have been anywhere without sleeping missouri last year yeah so. so a quick update of the sec baseball standings it's obviously weekend one in the sec but it's kind of some parody especially in the east you've got uh, four teams tied for first place one of these is not like the other you've got vanderbilt who's three and oh swept the Ole Miss rebels 16-5 overall 
but they are tied with the Missouri Tigers, the Kentucky Wildcats, and those South Carolina Gamecocks, who are 20-2 and overall in the season. They're 3-0. and They swept Georgia. Not a great team, but got a good opening weekend win and lead the SEC East, followed by Florida, who is 2-1. and They lost that one game to Alabama. Tennessee, who got swept by those same Missouri Tigers, and uh, Georgia Bulldogs at 0-3 to round out the East. Yeah, that Missouri team that you were re- very low on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, I they, was. They, <laughs> not they, wrong. Took, they took Tennessee's lunch money this weekend. Yeah. Tennessee is not the team of last year. They don't have the batting that they had last year. Yeah. They still got the two pitchers that are yep. great. Yeah. But Missouri so. laid the wood. And you know it's got to be hard to go play in March in Columbia, Missouri. I mean, it's just like Lexington. It was cold. It was windy. It was not a fun experience. I mean, you imagine playing the outfield out there and the, you know, 20 mile an hour winds and 30 something degrees, you're freezing your tail off, man. Um, and then to round out the West, uh, it, it's kind of playing out similar to how we, we thought, um, Arkansas is number one at three and Oh, uh, LSU is two and one. They dropped one over the weekend. Uh, surprisingly, Alabama is tied with A&M at one and two for third. Uh, fifth is a three way tie between, the Ole Miss Rebels, Auburn Tigers, and those Mississippi State Bulldogs all rounding out the bottom of the SEC West. Yeah, the uh, the East really whooped up on the West last weekend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then Arkansas whipped up on Auburn. So yeah, which was surprising to no one because Arch, just like always, Arkansas's pitching is deep. They are consistently a perennial great regular season team, and we'll see if that continues into the playoffs. But you know. I hope not. Yeah, same. They're in, their basketball team is good. They're they're in the Sweet 16. You imagine a, an Omaha run, they'd be even more insufferable on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Yep, that's true. Um, I don't. I think that's all my thoughts on it. Uh, yeah. It's a it's a big TBD. You know, you can make your grand, you know, annu- announcements about what's going to happen the rest of the year based on one weekend. Yep. But I can confidently say that Missouri is not going to stay atop right. the East, and uh, LSU is not going to lose the West. I mean, it's yep. not going to happen. You yep. know, they're going to win it going away. Yep. All right, Uncle Buck, as we close out this show, give me one upset in the Sweet 16 you think is going to happen. Give me one upset. Uh. Yeah. Hold on. Let me pull them up just so uh, – I'll kind of run down while you're looking them up. We've got Alabama, San Diego State. We've got Creighton and Princeton, the FAU Owls against Tennessee, Kansas State and Michigan State, Houston, Miami, Xavier, Texas, Arkansas, UConn, and Gonzaga, UCLA. Uh, Give me FAU over Tennessee. (sighs) Yeah. And uh, give me Arkansas over UConn. Well, you stole one of mine. I was going to FAU over Tennessee. That's a trendy – the FAU is a good basketball team. But since you took those – I'm going uh, Michigan State over Kansas State. I think they uh, that's the kiss of death for Tom Izzo's team, but they're playing some really good basketball right now. And, um, you know, it's been a year of parity. It's been a lot of number one top seeds getting beat. Uh, Miami's got an 11% chance, but give me the Hurricanes, man. I'll take Miami, and I'll take uh, Michigan State to find a way to win this weekend. So, Uncle Buck, you watching anything else this weekend? Anything on your mind? Uh, Ole Miss at, uh, against Louisville in Las Vegas on Friday night. Women's college basketball. I'll be dialed into that. Um, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'm um, gonna we'll try to find at least one game to go to of the Ole Miss Florida series. Yeah. At home. 
I've got another business trip next week, so I got to stay home see the see the family for a little bit. Yeah. So I'm not going to go all weekend to Oxford. Um, but yeah, that's it for me this weekend. I warm and I can go yeah. play outside. There you go. Well, I will be uh, without cell service, uh, maybe minimal cell service, no TV. So I'll miss Mississippi State and Vanderbilt this weekend. Might be a good thing. Uh, I will be hiking 27 and a half miles of the Appalachian Trail in Western North Carolina. So if this is the last time that I'm ever on this podcast, it's been great. Uncle Buck, I've enjoyed it. Uh, thanks to our viewers and listeners. But uh, I plan to be back next week after I get off the trail. But looking forward to going some great weather. Highs in the 70s, lows in the 50s. Perfect camping weather as we hike along the Appalachian Trail in western North Carolina. Some buddies from the gym. It's going to be a good time. You know when being chased by a bear, you know the rules. Just outrun your buddy. Yeah. You don't got to be the fastest. You just got to be faster than the other guy. Listen, I I know nobody else from my group is listening to this. I only know one of these cats that I'm going with, so it is nothing for me to kneecap somebody I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Rusty, I enjoyed it. Looking forward to another good podcast next week. Happy belated birthday. Appreciate uh, it, buddy. And tell everybody where they can find us this week. Yes, sir. Look us up at the number two bucks sports pod on Instagram, Twitter, at uh, two bucks sports podcast on Facebook. Check us out on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you listen to us at. We appreciate you tuning in. Wouldn't be here without y'all, and uh, it's been exciting to grow this thing. So, Drew, appreciate it, buddy. We'll talk to y'all next week. Y'all be good. Bye, guys.